Well, hello there. Richard Tubb here with a very special episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants, recorded live from ConnectWise IT Nation 22 in a very wet and windy Orlando, Florida. Now, Hurricane Nicole is currently pummeling Florida, but that hasn't stopped thousands of MSP folks from being in attendance here making IT Nation one of the top conferences on the Managed Services event calendar. Now, there's so many amazing people here that one episode of Tub Talk alone just can't do this event justice. So keep an ear out for my separate Tub Talk interviews with Raja Pagadala of The Final Step and Dan Scott of ConnectWise, both available in your favourite podcast players now. But in this episode, I thought I'd speak to three of the most innovative vendors who are exhibiting here at IT Nation. We've got Joe Alapat and Matt Miller of LionGuard, James Steele of Linode and Ben Spector and Ted Roller of Zementum. So peel your ears back and enjoy my spotlight on three top tools from IT Nation 22. Ben Spector, Ted Roller, Zementum, how are you doing? Hey, Richard. It's good yeah, to I'm see you. Awesome, Richard. Good to see you. Yeah. So um, for longtime listeners of the uh, show, Tub Talk, uh, back in Tub Talk 87, uh, Ben and I uh, delved into uh, Zementum, what it is, how it helps MSPs. But Ben, I guess, just as a quick refresher for anybody not familiar with Zementum, what is it? I mean, I can't even remember how long ago Tub Talk 87 would have been, but I'm guessing we're probably talking about a year ago now. Um, So what it was then is probably very little um, to do with what it is now. Zementum exists in two halves, really. You've got Zementum for partners and Zementum for vendors. Zementum for Partners is a sales and revenue management platform um, that helps to both grow and, well, to grow, manage and retain uh, your revenue. Zementum for Partners is a sales and revenue management platform um, that helps you to grow, manage and retain revenue. So in terms of growing revenue, it's things like conducting your assessments, putting together quotes and proposals, visibility into what that sales pipeline actually looks like, integrates with all of your distributors, your PSA, your marketing tools. Um, we also have a fantastic uh, revenue sort of licensing reconciliation tool. Um, people may remember Goulash from a couple of years ago that we acquired about a year ago. We've spent an enormous amount of time and resources in really driving that forward um, and in particular integrating it far more tightly into the overall Zomentum partners ecosystem. Makes a lot of sense. I want to make something really clear. So the three of us on here, I'm going to say our old school MSP guys, we've been in the industry for a while. So there's going to be some old school MSPs who are listening to this and saying, okay, is it a quoting platform? Is it a proposal platform? Is it like a rival to QuoteWorks or Quozal or ConnectWise Seller or anything like that? It, it, It sort of is, but it's much more than that, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, I mean, all of the above, really. In in terms of quoting proposals, you know, expect feature parity with the major legacy quoting tools. But if you then took one of those major legacy quoting tools and wrapped an entire CRM around it, you know, the, the traditional quoting tools do not really solve most of the sales problem. They help you create a quote, great. They push it into your PSA, excellent. But they don't really give you any visibility into the overall sales process and help you actually drive those deals forward. Yeah, makes sense. Ted, I alluded to the fact that you are an industry veteran. It's a very polite way of saying like you've got a lot of experience in this industry. I've known you for a, a long time. Lots of people listening to this show will know and respect you. What drew you to working with Zomentum? Uh, that's a great question. And, and I got to be honest, the opportunity 
to actually change what I consider a longtime weakness in the MSB deliverable, the ability to focus on revenue generation was, in my mind, when I looked at momentum, I had Shruti's going to hear this, and I don't want her to think that I don't want to be paid for doing what I do, but I was thinking, man, this helps me. This is going to allow me to do what I really want to do for a career perspective, which is help every MSP that I touch make more money, be more successful, drive more value, be happier. I was an MSP for 15 years before I started on the, went over the dark side and became a vendor side guy. And, uh, and those were 15 hard years. And it's gotten a lot better. There are a lot more tools. There's a lot more capability. But Zomentum really did dig hard and fast into solving the problem associated with acquiring new revenue, simplifying the tasks associated with acquiring new revenue. So it's not as much work as it used to be. And then protecting that revenue. There's so much red meat there for MSPs to improve that side of their business. I don't know a single MSP who likes to sell as part of their job. They like to solve problems. I always like to solve problems. But the simple truth is you have to sell. You can't be the best kept secret in your community, in your neighborhood, in your area, or you're not going to solve the problems for the customers who you really want to take care of. It's a double-edged sword, but Zomentum helps solve it. And that's what drew me in and has had me hooked here for four years now. Yeah. Ben, like me, you're a former MSP and like Ted, uh, I, you'll probably agree with everything Ted says about the fact that uh, MSPs struggle with sales, should we say. It's not our favourite uh, topic. When I was an MSP, the the only way really I got around this was by getting sales training, putting in place a sales process, and then following that process, you know, rinse and repeat there. It seems to me, looking at the Zomentum uh, uh, revenue platform as a whole, you know, it's very big on creating a structure uh, for how sales work and making it easy for for the msp to go out and do sales would you would you agree with that is that something that's at the heart of the product yeah in, entirely i mean yeah i suspect a lot of people know why i ended up at zomentum which was because i'd had a demo of it as a prospective customer and thought jesus you know this is what i needed five ten years ago and if i'd had it my business would have been in a very different place you know, I've always said there's two types of MSP. There are engineering-led MSPs that can't sell, and there are sales-led MSPs that can't deliver. <laughs> the, va- the vast majority of MSPs in our industry are the engineering-led ones that don't know how to sell. So the whole point in Zomentum is that it helps to give those engineers the tools, the processes, the know-how to be able to build, you know, as you said, some kind of sales structure. I don't know if it's a word, but it helps you to processize sales. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Ted, uh, we're IT Nation. There is like one of the biggest uh, MSP events on the calendar. Thousands of people here, including lots of different vendors as well. Where do you see Zomentum fitting into the vendor ecostructure? You know, you know a lot of the players in the in the market here. Where does where would you pitch Zomentum? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to get real tactical for a second about Zomentum because there is a core part of our value and our infrastructure that allows the dots to be connected between the vendor community and the partner community. So if you've used Zomentum before, you know that all the quotes are create, are start as blocks. You start with a quoting block or a video block or a signature block or whatever, and you drag, it's, it's a jigsaw puzzle or maybe Tinker Toys or Lignit Logs or whatever you want. You drag the pieces together and you end up with a total quote 
that you deliver uh, via email to your client. And then it's microsite enabled. So there's a lot of capability for your partners or your customers to look at the block, make changes to it. It's very easy to manipulate. That created an opportunity for us at Zomentum to allow the vendors who know their products better, who have larger marketing budgets than most MSPs that are really focused on driving the value of their solution to be able to create content, to create videos, to create blocks within Zomentum that their partners could use and skip that entire step, which anyone who's been a partner for a long time knows all about, where you take the content from one vendor and another vendor and a third vendor and so on and so forth. You drag it from their website into your hard drive or wherever, you put it all together, you create a quote, and by the time you're done creating a quote, you've spent more time creating the quote than you will spend solving the problem. That's frustrating. I mean, that just makes you not want to quote, which is why a lot of MSPs don't want to sell. Zomentum for Partners kind of eliminates that by taking Zomentum for vendors, giving them a bit the ability to do 70, 80% of that work, drop it in place, teach the MSPs exactly how to use it. And then the MSPs go drag, 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 drop, done, signed, delivered, and they can focus on selling and they can replicate that again and again. It's pretty exciting to have the vendors living in the place, giving you all the tools that you need in order to quote their products quickly and effectively. Now, here's the great part about that. The vendors get to tell the story, but it's not their story. It's their partner story. It's the MSP story. Vendors don't want to be in the end user business any more than the MSPs want them to be in the end user business, but they do want to give you the support and the help and the tools that you need. They want a, a, a path to drive that information to the MSPs. That's what we're doing at Zomentum. It really is one of the better kept secrets at Zomentum that when you sign up with Zomentum and you start leveraging our revenue platform in order to drive value, that you're gonna have access to vendors who can help you do that and give you all the materials you need to quote more quickly, more effectively, and more often. I think this is, you know, I'm really intrigued by this. I really think it's a double whammy uh, here from the vendor and the MSP perspective. Ben, you and I have spoke uh, before that uh, MSPs traditionally, uh, unfortunately, leave so much money on the table when they go into deals because they're just not aware of, oh, there might be this opportunity, that opportunity, the other opportunity. Uh, and so Zomentum helps them, you know, to give them some structure and say, hey, have you quoted for this? Have you put this in the proposal? And then the flip side of the fence, you know, uh, events like IT Nation, and other IT MSP conferences, traditionally MSPs have gone along uh, to make themselves aware of what's going on in the market. But I'm thinking the ability to have all of these different vendor tools there and say, hey, this might be a good fit. You know, here, it, it's really going to be an eye-opener for a lot, of, a lot of MSPs, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of Zomentum's about making connections and, you know, the, the direction we're taking the overall assessment and QBR, BCIO capabilities of the platform is to help the MSPs to uncover the operational challenges that their clients have, but also then connect them with the vendors and the solutions that are going to help them to solve the problems. You know, it makes them look good in the client's eyes because they can present the solution, but it also helps them to assess where the, the more profitable opportunities are going to be. You know, I think a lot of uh, MSPs and other kinds of partners get far too hung up on the technical elements of doing their QBRs and the roadmaps. 
And in my mind, every single line item on your QBR agenda should really map to a tangible opportunity at some point down the line. Right. You know, take take me really think about that. Don't put fluff in the QBR that isn't going to uncover some kind of opportunity down the line. And so if we can more closely align the QBR process with the sales process, which is where it belongs, then we can help everyone to uncover more opportunities. We help the partners uncover the opportunities. We're therefore helping the vendors uncover the opportunities to deliver through the partners to the end clients. Yeah. I'm really excited about uh, this this product and where uh, this is going. Uh, Shruti, um, your CEO, we're actually uh, interviewing on the podcast. That episode will be out very soon to talk about the background to the business. But if you're listening to this, interested in finding out more about Zomentum, either from the uh, partner side, from the vendor side, or as an MSP, you can get in touch with Ted or Ben, uh, and I'll ask you to share your contact details uh, shortly. You can also listen to Tub Talk 87, uh, where I do a full deep dive with Ben into uh, the Zomentum revenue platform for MSPs. And Ben, you and I have got a video demo or two, haven't we, uh, on YouTube as well, where people can actually uh, get a look at what's going on. Yeah, do you know, I'd see so many, uh, all of our kind of demo notes and things get pushed into various using Slack channels internally. And the number of times I see that someone had seen one of our video demos or heard Tub Talk and, and got in touch as a result, it's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant to hear. So, uh, Ted, if anybody wants to reach out, uh, perhaps even on the vendor side of things, because we do get vendors listening to this show, as well as MSPs, if they're interested in finding out more about a Zomentum uh, uh, partner platform, as the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, it's easy. It's Ted at Zomentum.com. Yeah, I don't think it could be any easier. <laughs> and Ben, you're going to shock me with your email address now. Yeah, I'm uh, also the the OG Ben at Zomentum.com. <laughs> so Ben at Zomentum.com. I will include all of those details in the show notes for this show. But uh, Ted, Ben, it's really brilliant to see you. Thanks, Richard. Great to be here. Thanks both. Hey folks, Richard Tubb here. I'm joined today by Joe Alapat and Matt Miller of LionGuard. How are you finding IT Nation so far? It's uh, it's exciting, it's busy, um, a lot of fun interacting with uh, with partners. Yeah, and um, we're lucky to be here given the weather at the moment as well. Very much so, yeah. It's <laughs> great to have everybody back together. I'm glad the weather didn't spoil it too much. Yeah, exactly. So Matt, you're the uh, SaaS product lead at uh, LionGuard. Correct. For anyone unfamiliar with LionGuard, how would you describe what you do? Yeah, so we are a data platform for MSPs, but the, the real kind of value that we provide is visibility into all the systems and the modern IT stack, right? So if we rewound 15 or 20 years, having partial visibility, right? I just want to be able to understand what's going on with my workstations and servers, and that's good enough. That's not the world we live in anymore. We need visibility into all the things, cloud to endpoint, everything in between. That's what LionGuard does. Mm -hmm. Joe, you're the founder and CEO. You and I were talking just before we uh, went on air about your background, MSP. Mm -hmm. uh, where did the idea for LionGuard come from? I came from losing a lot of hair running that MSP, <laughs> frankly, but uh, and there was a, lot, a ton of stress. Uh, and it was always this uh, lack of visibility that we had into the systems that we managed for our customers. Right. Uh, and we were always focused in on our most talented engineers, shoulder tapping them constantly to say, hey, what, what's the status of this? What's, how is this configured? And uh, you know, going through 10 plus years of that, and seeing how that you know really you know was disruptive to scaling our business, uh, when when we sold uh, that MSP, the, when we founded LionGuard, we were thinking through well, how do we solve for this? How do we address uh, just basic uh, visibility as well as security outcomes and, and help an MSP scale and have visibility into all these systems so that the the whole team 
uh, is able to move forward with uh, with this information. Yeah, and timeline-wise, you and I were talking, and, and you said uh, yeah, MSB business you sold 2012, was it? And yeah. Guard founded 2015. Yep, yep, 2012, yep. and then uh, hung, hung out there at the MSP for two more years, uh, founded it in 2015, and then uh, you know, spent some time thinking through uh, what we were going to build at Lion Guard with, with my co-founder Vincent, who was who was at our MSP, uh, and then along the way uh, picked up amazingly talented folks like Matt, uh, and uh, we, we kicked things off. Yeah. So tell me a bit more about the company in terms of where are you located, where do you have offices, how many people in the team? Yeah. So we we are uh, headquartered in Houston, uh, but we are a work from anywhere uh, group. So we've got um, you know folks across the U.S. Uh, and uh, we've got our offices in, in Houston. Uh, so, so yeah, the team is, is spread out. So we're, we're uh, about uh, we're 100 strong and uh, really uh, just, just out there um, interacting and, and having opportunities like this to meet with uh, partners in the various cities as well. So th- there might be a chance there might be someone here from our team. Wow. Yeah. There, so. yeah. Do you both live in Houston? I live in Austin. In Austin. I, I started out the, my time at Langer in Houston and moved back to Austin a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, what about you, Judge? You live in Houston. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I've been there for, for a long time. My wife says uh, we're, we're stuck in Houston. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that city. So my best friend moved from England to Houston many, many years ago. So okay. I've been there about 20 times. So I felt like I know that city really, really oh, well. It's a great beautiful, city. Yeah. Beautiful city. Yeah, yeah that's fine. It's, yeah. it's a great place to live. Yeah. So, um, Matt, tell us a little bit more about the MSPs who use Lion Guards. What type of IT businesses are they? Is there a certain size of business that you find has got like a sweet spot for, for the Lion Guard uh, solution? Yeah. I mean, I think the size and kind of mindset of our most successful MSPs, I think the first and foremost is that they're really growth minded, right. right? They're looking to invest in tools and processes to grow their business efficiently, Um and really to just grow their business period, right? So I think there there is there's probably a minimum size, but it's more about the mindset, I would say, of looking to leverage kind of best in class tools and processes to do things really efficiently and drive really um, really powerful outcomes for their customers. Um, for, for others where it's, it's more of a manual process mindset, you know, we have to do some education, some teaching, and how do we kind of drive drive that that mindset. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you said there's probably sort of a minimum uh, sort of size in terms of like engineers or <laughs> revenue. Um, you know, what sort of uh, time do you think people typically need to start coming to you and looking at the product? Yeah, we typically, our, our typical minimum in the past has been 15. So 15 end customers, that's sort of how we think about it. Yeah. And I think that one of the kind of determining factors there is just there's there's a point at which, like Joe was saying a second ago, you know, where where one or two engineers kind of can't keep it all in their head. And it's a, it's a small team. It's just a couple of people, you know, you may or may not need LionGuard at that stage. Once you get past that stage and you're trying to really grow your team and be able to scale the business efficiently, that's where it comes in. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I want to deep dive into the products a little bit more, but before we uh, carry on, Joe, I've got to ask you the question, like LionGuard doesn't really fit into any established MSP software categories. And I tried when I was put in there to put a label on you for this interview, and I just couldn't. So you're sort of like RMM, remote management and maintenance, or, or, or network management, but you're not. So you appear to be defining your own sort of market segment. How far away are you from seeing LineGuard become similar to an RMM or a PSA tool in that it's a standard tool in MSP's arsenal? Well, I'll tell you that the MSPs that are leveraging the platform see it as part of their standard uh, tool set, and it's um, it's an understanding that 
once you have uh, this one um, you know, data platform that allows you to actually see into all the systems that are being managed, it really opens your eyes to, uh, to the, the value and, and the advantages you can gain uh, as an MSP. Uh, it was deliberate that we didn't decide to, to, to play in an existing industry. Uh, there's a book called Blue Ocean Strategy, yeah. uh, which was an inspiration as well. Uh, and what we noticed is that there, there was no one player focused around configurations of the systems across the stack. And so we're seeing um, concepts like this being termed as full stack visibility now. And so from outside the industry, um, there, there is some terminology that's starting to show up. And it's similar to our phrasing, we called it unified visibility right. um, when we were looking from cloud all the way to endpoint. Um, so ultimately, you know, I don't see us, you know, looking to to want to copy uh, any any specific player out there. Our goal is to really drive value for our partners, and, and that really defines, you know, how we build our next capabilities, our next features. Yeah. Um, and the ultimate outcome is that we're delivering an advantage that allows them to, you know, drive greater profits, you know, increase that customer satisfaction, uh, and doing it while having the greatest visibility to all of these various systems and gaining automation outcomes. Uh, with all of this uh, data that we're capturing. Yeah, essentially building your own segment is really exciting, but also a challenge, isn't it? Because people do like to put you in in a label, in a box. So Matt, if I turn to you, perhaps, can you give us some concrete examples of how MSPs are using LineGuard, you know, specific pain points they experience mm -hmm. and how the tool helps them? Yeah, absolutely. So so the heart of what we create is what we call, call kind of the, the centralized data asset, right? Like that's the thing that we're making, but that powers a lot of outcomes. So I think the, the most powerful thing that sort of our, our most advanced MSP users are doing is getting to an understanding of what is the baseline configuration of the systems in my stack, right? And so being able to get to that baseline, define, okay, where are we at in reality versus where do we want to be? You know, where do we want our standard to be potentially aligning that to security frameworks like the CIS, uh, aligning that, you know, into, into other um, kind of industry standard frameworks and being able to track that kind of change over time when we bring a new customer on board, being able to quickly assess where are we relative to where we want to be and be able to get, gain that understanding quickly. So that, that sort of is a really concrete thing that, um, that our most advanced users are doing. But from a that kind of central data asset, so many other outcomes can also be powered. So, so some, some sort of um, more tangible things are, I mean, there are very simple use cases, right? But, but th that are very powerful that, are, that MSPs have and struggle with every day, even in 2022. Do I have SSL certificates out in the field? that are about to expire that I don't necessarily know about that I'm not necessarily monitoring. Same for domains. Do I have a comprehensive record of all of the DNS records, you know, in a zone so that when the, a new web developer comes in and wipes that all out, can I quickly get back to a good state I've on that? I've just been through that situation myself. Right. So like, and I'm not even an MSP and I can feel the pain of that one. So. Yeah. So, so that, so as we think about kind of our full customer journey, you know, then there's also that sort of towards the, the end or as a part of that sort of, you know, cycle of life of an MSP customer, there's also just, just being able to accurately bill your customer. So having, uh, you know, very clear sort of unassailable data about, well, how many licenses are in the field versus how many users are in this environment and be able to do, uh, do that sort of a billing reconciliation motion really quickly. So a lot of outcomes powered by 
buy the data, but those are a few of the concrete ones. Yeah, makes sense. Joe, in terms of your integration strategy, so obviously we've already mentioned RMM, PSA tools, these are established tools as part of an MSP's uh, toolkit. Uh, we're here at uh, uh, ConnectWise IT Nation, you know, we, there's vendors everywhere. We've got, you know, from uh, when you and I were running an MSP, the market has exploded. There's all manner, all manner of tools there. So do you play well with others? What's your integration strategy like? Yeah, this is probably where um, we probably play the best with others. It's a very big strength of ours uh, to, to walk that line carefully. Uh, so we think about the systems that we inspect. Um, so these are the, you know, all the various systems that are managed by the MSP. And so those are uh, inspection integrations. So we inspect that inf infrastructure, we snapshot it regularly, we create this timeline so that you can you know, view history back for the configuration for those assets. And the strategy there is to, to really you know, build a, a critical mass of integrations to systems um, that allows our MSPs to see value very quickly. Um, so we've got 70 plus um, you know, type integrations. Uh, and then on the platform side, well, what are the tools um, and platforms that are in use by the MSP internally? Uh, you know, do you have a PSA? Do you have um, you know, the, a reporting platform? Do you have a documentation platform? And how do we feed uh, data into those platforms to enrich them, to make them more powerful? So our focus is to uh, then listen into the market, see you know, what platforms are in use, and then find the paths where it makes most sense to take this powerful configuration data uh, inspect it and then potentially uh, find ways to connect and, and fuel workflows so that there's no human intervention involved to ultimately get to an insight. And so that started with our most basic piece, which was, hey, can we automate this, this painful documentation process that involves pulling information from uh, you know, a system and then manually documenting it? And can we turn that into an automated flow? And that's why we talk about accelerating a customer onboarding process and automating documentation, and that process is then taken care of, and then it's evergreen, yeah. right? And it continues to flow. Uh, and so we, we think about you know, those workflows and we think about uh, the market, and we're, we're here at these events and to see who, what all the other vendors are, uh, to understand uh, others that we would integrate with. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Matt, let me ask you a question. So when Joe and I ran uh, MSP businesses, Life was simpler, wasn't it, Joe? We had on-site servers and like workstations for the most part, for the mm -hmm. most part. Of course, I'm being there. Uh, it didn't about feel it. that simple. Right. It didn't feel that <laughs> simple. Looking back, it does. <laughs> of course, we fast forward to today, you know, millions of uh, SaaS applications and things. Mm -hmm. So the, the product itself, you know, how far do you reach? What type of systems do you look into? Yeah, so we, we, we really do um, attempt to cover the entire stack. So we say from cloud to endpoint, but I mean, that that's a, a wide range of things. So at the core, we cover, of course, things like Active Directory, Microsoft 365, kind of the core productivity identity management tools. But out from there, we go we go sort of in a couple of directions. So we do go on-prem, right? So we cover Windows servers and workstations on-prem, as well as network equipment. So switches, routers, firewalls, you know, we give coverage of that. Looking more to the cloud, so we go across um, other cloud applications, including security. So we'll be looking at things like like a duo, like a Sentinel One, bringing in the data about how are we securing those environments, um, and going kind of all the way from there to even into some applications, right? Like we're, we recently rolled out an inspector for QuickBooks Online right. to be able to get visibility into the actual business applications. Um, so so seeking full coverage, yeah, yeah, makes a lot of sense. 
bit of feedback and positive. You know, I've been in uh, Florida for the past week. I was at a Chromis Summit before this. People asking me, where are you going? What are you doing? I said I was meeting up with you guys and meeting uh, the Line Guard team. And uh, people have been really, really complimentary. Some, you know, really uh, 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 nice comments from people. So you're building a great reputation uh, with MSPs in North America. What are your plans for the UK and the European market further afield? And probably, Matt, maybe your best place to, to sort of answer that one. Yeah, so we have a footprint in many areas of the world already, right? So UK, EU, uh, Australia, New Zealand, we have uh, customers in those locations as well as kind of actual localized you know, regions. So kind of getting all the data in the right places. Um, so, so that's definitely been an area of growth for us. Um, yeah, Joe, I mean, I think you yeah. may be able to add some to that too. We, we also work with uh, channel players mm-hmm. that are local as well. Um, that are that are present. So in, in the, uh, the UK, for example, we um, are working with Pax8 uh, and others. So that's this is, it gives us the ability to uh, play at a local level uh, as well as um, you know op- operate here out of the US as well. And so what we're going to continue to do in the UK um, is that we're going to we're going to you know drive adoption of the platforms. We've got a, a decent number of partners there. Um, love the bit, you know the the you know the business as well as all of the interaction from from our UK partners. So we want to continue to grow um, yeah. our, our our user base there. Paxa, absolutely brilliant partners for you to uh, to work alongside Phil Morgan and the team in the UK doing a, just a really really good job. So I think you've chosen a fantastic partner there, and uh, hopefully this episode will help shine a light for you on um, uh, some European and UK MSPs as well. Um, Matt, you speak to, you must speak to hundreds, if not thousands of MSPs every year. Is there a specific MSP client that makes you proud to see how they've used your product? Uh, there are quite a few, I would say. Yeah. Do you want me to, to name a name? They don't mind. Yeah, because I'm, I'm intrigued. People listening to this will be like, okay, who, who are the type of MSPs who use it and what do they use it for? So give us a success story. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking to someone at the booth yesterday, actually, um, and they have a they have a really passionate person on their staff. I, I don't want to necessarily name names. Maybe sure. I can uh, get back with you later if they're comfortable being named and you can add it to the course, talk yeah. track. Um, but yeah, so they they followed a really a, a, i think probably one of the most common patterns for just deep success with our product which is they have a really smart passionate person who is really focused on driving efficiency through real investment and adoption in tools and automation and we you know this this person kind of came by our booth yesterday and just just ranted and raved. It was just like we had, <laughs> yeah, I had, had the, most, yeah, nice. the most amazing, co- it absolutely is. And yeah, it's, it's great to, it's great fuel for us and our team just to hear that kind of love, you know, for the product and just that sort of adoption. Um, but yeah, re- I mean, he was just really focused on what, on just not how do I um, kind of quickly flip a switch and and you know solve some problem problem as if by magic he's he was his mentality is much more about how can i start from a concrete business problem and understand how are the how are the tools that are available within my stack and out on the market how can i bring those to bear to solve the problem and then going through the full life cycle of the, a full solution to that for the for the msp which is implementing the solution, but then also educating his team, educating his management, sort of really bringing together all the threads to go, okay, we've now solved these these problems that we used to have 
to, you know, create tickets for someone to go and manually try to figure out what's going on or do this manual process. We have solved that for good. It's right. done forever. And those are the kinds of, of stories that I think are, are just are great examples of what you can do with a platform like LionGuard, where you just get automated visibility, in our case, into something and can use that data to, to just put a problem to bed forever. Yeah, yeah. I, think, uh, I think there was a good example he shared uh, was how to view uh, and get alerts into changes in the number of users right. um, in the various systems that, that are being managed. But he took a diff different approach uh, which is interesting because many of our partners use our platform to detect changes in uh, users or privileges and be able to alert with tickets into the PSA to, to let you know that something's, uh, something's changed. But he took it a step further and said, well, I use that for planning to also think in terms of how, how should we think about forecasting mm -hmm. future business? Because if they're ramping at this level, then this should start a conversation with the customer to say, what's happening at the business? which then leads us to then come back to say, hey, we need to probably staff up to be able to prepare for this, this type of employee growth in this team um, that's supporting you know, the, uh, these, these various customers. And so that was a, a very forward thinking, like it's beyond proactive in, in a lot of ways. Definitely. Uh, and uh, I think this is, that's a, a level of maturity. Uh, we we wanna take every you know, MSP on in terms of leveraging the data in our platform. They ultimately, are driving that process on their side, uh, but we're supplying, uh, you know, very, very relevant information that gives visibility without manually going to 18 different places where there's no hope to, yeah. to ever do that, uh, you know, manually. Yeah, so. you clearly attract some very smart uh, people to work with, yeah, uh, some smart MSPs there, and I think you're in the vanguard of, um, you know, the, the next stage of the MSP evolution, which is digging into the data that's there yeah. because MSPs have got so much data, but it can feel overwhelming, can't it? So that's a brilliant example of how an MSP is using that to be proactive and, and move forward. Joe, what's next for LionGuard? What can we expect in the next few months? Oh, the next few months, we're, we're going to be continuing to beat the drum, get, get out there uh, with our message like we are here at IT Nation. Um, a big part of our focus in the recent past is how do we leverage the information that we've got uh, in a way that allows the, the MSP uh, to be able to use that information and also share it with their end customers? That's been one of the, the bigger asks. And so we're continuing to focus around uh, being able to give the MSP the ability to, to get to simpler insights uh, with reports. We rolled out a feature recently with Power BI um, that allows uh, our partners to be able to do very, very advanced reporting straight out of our uh, platform using Power BI. We, we got out some uh, template uh, reports uh, and we've uh, improved some in-app reporting recently as well to, to allow the MSPs to do the same thing in-app. And we're gonna continue to do that as well. And the goal is provide insights to the MSP, give the MSP the ability to share insights with the end customer uh, and really show value because this is where it gets difficult. The end customer, will take for granted a lot of the work that's being done. You right. have to have a way to show in a simple way that this is complex stuff and I, and I want to share it with you and show you what's going on and I want to bring you in on the decision, uh, but you need something tangible. Yeah. You and I will both remember that horrible phrase that clients would use with us when we got good at doing the managed service thing, which is they don't remember the pain. They go, what is it we're paying you for? Yeah. <laughs> so you've got to be demonstrating the value <laughs> at all points. Yeah. The number of times we have that conversation uh, with, with our partners, it's like, yeah, they, they're asking us, 
you have all of this rich data. Now I want to I want to share this uh, with with uh, my end customers. Yeah, yeah, it's more powerful ways to use the data. I mean, yes. that's one hundred percent the focus. Yeah. yeah. This has been absolutely fascinating. I know time is short because you've got a lot of uh, you're, um, very in-demand people, a lot of people to speak to. But Matt, if anybody listens to this and pique their interest, they want to find out more about LineGuard or, or indeed reach out to either of you to continue mm-hmm. the conversation. How can they reach you? Uh, best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. Happy to answer any messages, questions about LineGuard there. Uh, as for LineGuard itself, LineGuard.com, there are ways to engage with our team, get a demo of the product. There's a lot of resources there. Simple. Excellent. We'll include all the details in the show notes. For this, you can get www.tublog.co.uk. Joe and Matt, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Richard. I am joined by James Steele, partner community champion at Linode. How are you doing today, James? Hello, Richard. Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, I've been enjoying, the, enjoying my time here. Lots of fun. It, it is a huge event, isn't it? It's really the scale that hits you. I've I've been to quite a few events this year, and the the vendor fair in particular, just the buzz. Obviously, being at the booth, you get to experience it firsthand. But uh, yeah, ConnectWise they they know how to put on a show, and uh, they do the vendors proud too, which is which is good. Yeah, and we've we've had some fun, haven't we? So we've been running a uh, tech pub quiz on the uh, near the lunch times, where I've been uh, answering questions, and people have been seeing if they can beat my brain, which is not a difficult, uh, 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 not as difficult as it might sound, actually. Yeah, you've done us proud, Richard. I have to say that's been a lot of fun just asking, answering random questions that I've thrown together that morning, basically. But there's been some <laughs> some knowledgeable people in the crowd. I mean, honestly, some of the scores were were right up there on some pretty obscure tech knowledge topics. So uh, you had your work cut out for you there to, to maintain your superiority. <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> uh, the 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 secret is out there. Richard's brain is not as uh, much as it was vaunted up to be. So uh, <laughs> we will get there anyway. Yeah. So uh, for anybody who's not familiar with Linode, tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So we're, first and foremost, our, our bread and butter is uh, it's virtual private servers, essentially. So we are, you know, we're Linux based cloud computing. So we do virtual private servers. We offer uh, things like S3 storage and uh, services like uh, managed databases and managed Kubernetes, for example. So Kubernetes being a sort of containerization technology, which is particularly popular with developers. Um, and we offer a layer of um, sort of you know, services to go with that as well. So professional services that, that can help partners, you know, understand how to do migrations, complex deployments, uh, AWS sort of equivalent type setups, and and things of that nature. Yeah, there's going to be two types of people listening to this. I would have thought in the managed service provider world, uh, there's going to be people who go Linux, ooh, what? And then there's going to be people who go, Linux, ooh, tell me more. So tell us a little bit about the, you know, the conversations that you've been having at IT Nation, those MSPs that do use Linux and use the Linode products. What do they look like? It's an interesting, there's been some interesting conversations. I've had the full spectrum. One chap walked up to me and actually said, why are you guys here? Do you know where you are? Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I understand it's predominantly a Windows market, but actually, um, and then you get talking actually to people and there's a whole range. So first and foremost, I mean, the, the you know, our ideal uh, profile, I'd say, of a partner we work with tends to be a company doing some sort of web or application development. That's where it really, you know, then you're straight away, Linux is the platform of choice in a lot of cases. So you know you're, you know, you know you're in the right realm there. Um, and you know the reason they talk to us is because we are you know we're a fraction of the price. I mean we try not to focus on the support. Uh, sorry, we focus on the price too much, but 
you can't really get away from it. We are, you know, literally like 30% of the cost of AWS. So there's some really big savings there. And also they really like us because we're partner friendly. So we're, you know, you can literally pick up the phone and talk to us and you have to spend quite a lot of money with AWS or, you know, one of the, the bigger players to get that sort of experience. So that's, that's really, that's one pool, I suppose. And then you've got, um, we have other partners who you know, predominantly are Windows and they, they might be doing some, Perhaps they want to store some files, for example. You know, we've got our S3 storage service, but also they're running applications. There's all sorts of applications that, you know, things like, um, there's like Unify, you know, ubiquity Unify controllers. Um, there are, uh, you've got all sorts of open open source applications like Odoo, which is really popular. Um, Nextcloud, which is a, you know, an M365, um, I mean, I'm not pushing it as an M365 alternative. That is a big sell, but it's a really good open source. You know, the other components of it, other than the productivity office applications like um, file storage or um, some of the communications tools in there and things like that are really interesting. There's some amazing um, security suites in the open source space. So there's uh, Wazoo, for example, is one look at, one worth looking at if you're, um, your audience want to do some, do some Googling on that or have a look at our marketplace. So... Yeah, we've got a couple of pools, really. Um, I say that 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 more or less covers it, really. Yeah, and and you know we talk about, and I've talked on this show before about the alternative cloud. Uh, most people are familiar, of course, with you know the big three. You've got Google, Microsoft, and Amazon in there. Uh, and as you say, you know, the, I would have thought the majority of MSPs listening to this show who work primarily in the Windows sphere will, of course, be familiar with those. But when we talk about the alternative cloud space, this is not a tiny niche, is it? Uh, and I think that's probably you know been um, uh, ratified by what's happened recently with Linode's acquisition by Akamai. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is a really interesting project, actually. And and literally, you know, in the run-up to the event, we've been learning more about the sort of the roadmap and the plans. Um, it's You're right, it's certainly not a small market at all. I think if you look at the the key, what you would call alternative cloud players, like there's us, you've got DigitalOcean, you've got Vulture, um, OVH. When you put them together, they're, they're kind of the same kind of market share as Google Cloud, for example, which is, you know, which is huge. Um but what's really interesting is actually we're trying to we're, we're differentiating ourselves now. So where where we were as Linode in the alternative cloud category, we're carving out our own niche. Um, so we're now with the scale that we have with Akamai. If you have a look on our website, there's um, there's some information around our sort of our, our network expansion plans. So not only we're we building out. So we're looking to double the number of actual data center presences we have, but we also now with Akamai's network have a layer of what is around about 4,000 slightly lighter weight computing locations, which is is huge. And that puts you, that makes you very different to the, the the players I mentioned earlier on in the alternative category. So we're 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 kind of straddling that kind of um, you know, that 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 reach and scale of the the the, the hyperscalers, but with the price support service element of the of the alternative cloud category, you would say. Yeah, and I think the the area you've already alluded to where you really differentiate yourself is with the support. Uh, you know, the partnership it is really, really difficult. Of course, if you're partnering with your Microsoft, your Google, Amazon, no, no you know, um, disparagement on them or anything at all, but it is difficult uh, to get the ear of uh, uh, people within those businesses. And yet, Linode partners absolutely rave about the support that they've got. You know, the uh, the direct line they've got to experts within your business. And I think if anybody goes to the Linode website and checks out 
there is a ton of brilliant content, including stuff that you put out there as well, James. So tell us a little bit about, you know, what people can expect at the Linode website. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I probably uh, low I lower the bar slightly when it comes to my <laughs> stuff in the in the pool. But um, that, yeah, Nonsense. we we are <laughs> we are. I mean, so, so on, on the support front, you're totally right. That is um, that is absolutely fundamental to our proposition. And honestly, it's one of the reasons that I came across to the business because I knew how important support is to MSPs. You know, the buck stops with with them, and you know they need someone to talk to. So so that's yeah, that's a really important part of it. But as a team, as a marketing team. I've never seen anything like it in terms of the volume of, you know, quality documentation. So, you know, the, the idea behind us is that we're simple to use, but it's expected that it's self-service as well, um, less so on the partner side, I suppose, but um, that the documentation will cover everything. So there's something there. Um, the bit I like most, honestly, I love our YouTube channel, the Linode YouTube channel. The st- I mean, we use developer advocates to talk about different uh, applications, use cases, that kind of stuff. We work with a lot of, um, you know, sort of uh, influencers and things who we, who we bring in. So there's some amazing content being produced there. If you want to have a look at a walkthrough of any application going or, you know, that, that that's, a, that's a great place to go. On the partner side, we just, um, I've just fired up a uh, partner specific YouTube channel. So we try and do a lot of all sorts, really. We have a monthly partner roundup. So if you're going to check one thing and you're an MSP, I'd advise you to get over to Linode Partners, the YouTube channel, and um, give me a subscribe, please. But check out that partner roundup video because that pretty much encapsulates what I think is interesting to partners each month. And we do other things like event coverage and, uh, you know, spotlights. I've been doing some MSP spotlights, talking to specific partners about what they're doing and going beyond cloud, talking about their recruitment policies and kind of how, they, how they've how they grown their business, you know, from from their the early days, you know, that kind of thing. So a bit of a, uh, a lid lift, we call it, you know, on the, on, on the businesses. So all sorts of content there. Yeah, it's it's amazing content that you're putting out there. So kudos for, and I featured you in the um, your, your partner roundup videos in Tubservatory, uh, every that I put out every Friday. I've featured you more than once there because it really is great uh, content. You know, really uh, interesting and that. So I think for any MSP listening uh, to this and going, wow, you know, I don't use Linux or I'm not really sure what the application would be. Go and check out Linode. Go and see what they're doing because this really is cutting edge stuff. And we're talking about the next generation of managed service providers here people who are doing development services application all sorts of you know i was going to say weird and wonderful but all sorts of really interesting things out there in fact um you and i bumped into uh tom lawrence uh who is going yes. to be well known i would have thought to a lot of people a lot of msps who follow him on uh youtube and that tom's a big fan a big evangelist of uh, linode there and does some incredible projects doesn't he he does working with companies of all different sizes and really he is you know if you're interested if you want to hear from an msp how to make use of open source technologies. He's, he's a great one because he'll openly say, well, actually, I use a commercial product in this area because it just is a better fit and there's a particular business case. I don't want to spend too much time developing or whatever. And over here, take a look at these tools that, you know, these can really save you a lot of money and time. So yeah, he he, he is the man. If you haven't, if you don't know, Tom Lawrence's YouTube channel, absolutely subscribe to that one, I would say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, James, thanks for your time today. And thanks for inviting me to get involved in the uh, the, the tech pub quiz. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that one. And, and as I said, I think people have realised my brain is not all it's cracked up to be now. <laughs> Richard, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've known that for a while. No, I'm joking. Of course. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. You've done us proud on the stand. We've had a, we've had a blast and uh, we'll be repeating this for sure at future events. So look out yeah. for more of the pub quizzes for sure. I look forward to it. James, thanks for your time. No worries. Thanks, Richard. Take care. 
Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. 